In Pashas Yisroi, we are introduced to the most famous father-in-law in world history. Yisroi Chaisem Moshe. Yisroi, the Shver of Moshe Rabbeinu. So what motivated Yisroi to join Klal Yisrael? And the Gemara says he heard about Matan Torah, the great revelation of Tar Sinai. But if that's the case, why did the Torah place the story of Yisroi before Matan Torah? This is not in chronological order. So I once saw a beautiful idea. By placing the episode of Yisroi before Kabbalah Satayra, the Torah teaches us a great midah demonstrated by Yisroi that we must emulate as a prerequisite for accepting the Torah. And that is by Yishma Yisroi. Yisroi was the paradigmatic listener. Yisroi wasn't just a passive listener. He always listened with great diligence. The Torah says, Shamu Amim Yigazan. All the nations of the world heard about Hashem intervening with nature by Kiris Yamsuf. It was all over the news. The networks went wall-to-wall coverage with Kiris Yamsuf. Everyone tuned in for a few moments, but then flipped the channel. However, Yisra heard it, and it made an impact on him. It motivated him to join Klal Yisrael. Rashi uses a double language of hearing. Mashmu Shama. Yisra was the quintessential listener. He took it as a call for action. He said, history is being made, and I must investigate this. Yisra was teaching us the skill of listening. Unfortunately, listening is a lost art today. Our spouse and children are talking to us, and we are lost in our phones. We hear about terrible tragedies taking place in Israel, and it hardly makes any impact on us. We read about soldiers falling in battle. We krechts and turn the page. Or we scroll on to the next story. Yisra is teaching us that when cataclysmic events occur, we can't sit passively. This is a call for action. And that is why the story of Yisra precedes Kabbalah Satara. Because the prerequisite for accepting the Torah is training ourselves to internalize the messages being communicated to us through the Torah. Pashas Yisra contains the Aserah Adibras. The fourth commandment is to observe the Shabbos. So speaking about Shabbos and being an active listener, I'd like to share with you an absolutely fascinating story <clears throat> that took place in 1987. It's about a teenager by the name of Dave who grew up in Madison, Wisconsin. Dave was raised in a non-observant home. After high school, Dave somehow ended up in Yeshiva's Ar Sameach in Montsi, New York. As time progressed, he began observing Shabbos and growing in his understanding of Torah and mitzvahs. After spending a few months in yeshiva, he decided that he should return home to his parents in Wisconsin. His rabbi told him, if you return home, it will be very difficult for you to keep Shabbos and Kashras and the various other mitzvahs. Here in yeshiva, everyone keeps Shabbos and Kashras. At home, you have no rabbi, no shul, and a non-observant home. I would recommend that you stay here at the yeshiva. However, after some dialogue, Dave chose to return home. He arrives home on Friday at four in the afternoon. Shabbos was about to begin in just a few hours. Dave is thinking to himself, my parents and siblings go to the movies Friday night and I obviously can't join them. So what am I going to do here tonight? Stay here all night by myself? It will be very challenging to keep Shabbos and I don't even have any kosher wine to make Kiddush or any other Shabbos food. I don't even have any dips. But he rationalized that somehow I'll get through it. Shabbos began at 8 p.m. 
His family urges him to join them at the movies. But Dave is defiant. He refuses to join them. He tells them, Sorry, I'd like to observe Shabbos. His family leaves. A few hours go by. He's all alone. The house is dark. He can't use the phone. He doesn't have any food for Shabbos meal. He's bored. He's desperate. He feels his resolve is about to break. He gets up from his seat and he says, God, if everything they taught me in Shiva is true, give me a sign. And if you give me a sign, I promise, I will not only keep Shabbos this week, but I will keep Shabbos for the rest of my life. He sits back down and he waits for a sign. But there's no sign. Another hour goes by. It's 11 p.m. and still no sign. Dave says, you know what, God? I'll give you an extension until midnight. If by midnight you give me a sign, I will not break Shabbos. It's midnight and still no sign. Not even a sign of a sign. Okay, God, I'll give you one final extension. So you don't say that I'm not fear. 12.15, that's my deadline. If I don't see a sign by then, I'm violating Shabbos. It's 12.15 and still no sign. Dave reaches for the remote and I went the TV. And the David Letterman show beams onto the screen. And Letterman is in conversation with Tom Hanks a well-known American actor. Letterman asks him, So Tom, what else have you been up to lately? And Tom says, I've been traveling. In fact, I just got back from Israel. And Letterman says, Oh really? Did you learn any words that you can say in Hebrew? And Tom says, I didn't pick up much, only two words. What are they? And Tom looks straight into the camera and he says, Shabbat Shalom, Dave. And with those words, the show is over. Staring at the TV somewhere in Madison, Wisconsin, Dave, the Jewish boy who learned Torah and Or Sameach that week, is shocked. His heart begins to race. After composing himself, he stands up and he says, God, thank you for the sign. Shabbat Shalom, Dave. God, I get it. Thank you for the sign. Dave never violated Shabbos ever again. There are pertinent messages being communicated to us on a daily basis. We just have to make sure that we are actively listening and internalizing those messages. And now, we know. Have a wonderful Shabbos.